the show. Um, today, you and I, we're going to take a special look into um, basically the inner life and the journey that uh, Sylvina uh, Negeth is on in chasing her dreams. And she's brave enough to share her story and courageous like she has always been. So, Sylvie, for those of us that don't know who you are, can you just give us a brief background of yourself? Yes, so thank you for the introduction. Um, my name is Sobi, and I just recently graduated from Rutgers. Uh, that's how me and Joe met. And I was an exercise science major, minoring in sport management. But I like to do like a lot of different things. For example, I had my own nail business that I started up my senior year. Um, I was an intern for Rutgers Athletics. And I even interned at a couple of physical therapy places. Um, yeah, so I don't like to settle on one thing i want to try to like learn as much as possible and um yeah so that's a little bit about me i'm going right into it all right we're gonna take a deep dive you know we're gonna um yeah we're gonna we're gonna take a deep dive okay (laughs) so um because like knowing you and like you said you're constantly doing things you know i like i've seen you like in multiple places right like you were interning while like managing your own nail business right throughout this whole semester and you're always grinding with classes and everything like that um from like taking sport management classes to your exercise classes right you've been like always constantly on the grind and i never see you stopping right and you've always made time for your friends um that grind and hustle, do you think that's because you think you found your purpose in life or you found something that maybe will give you fulfillment and you're chasing after? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily fulfillment that I found by being busy, but I just like I just can't not do anything, you know what I mean? Like I feel like when you have a hustler mentality, like you're gonna get it by any means necessary. And I really felt that especially in college, because from my freshman year, my sophomore year, I was literally, like, broke, broke. I had, I remember this time period in my life where I had 43 cents, and I had to make it last for, like, until the next payday. I was irresponsible as, like, a freshman and sophomore, like, did not have my shit together at all. But um, my junior and senior year, I, like, saw people starting to get internships. I saw people starting to get, like, um, job offers and stuff, and I was like, yo, like, I need to get my shit together, like, what can I bring to the table? And that's when I really started applying to different internships, different jobs, and I started networking with people. And then I realized, like, um, my passion and creativity with art was through nails and through even spoken word poetry that I used to do at Verbal Mayhem. So just, like, really being inspired by, like, the people around me and stuff like that helped me keep up my um, busy work and, like, just trying to be as ambitious as the people around me so uh, like hearing that i feel like you want like a lot of things like you have all these ambitions for yourself and you're not just typecast into that stereotypical exercise science kid you know like <laughs> I, i'm what not gonna we, what are we typecasted as i don't know just like i like just gym bros? <laughs> i guess yeah either you're like the gym bro into fitness right and you're trying to like grow your instagram feed or you're just like at like a physical therapy place right and trying to like learn the tradecraft of a dpt or like an ot or even like uh as a chiropractor doctor right and 
you you do all of these things right and it's it's kind of all encompassing of who you are from your creativity right to even your poetry and why exercise science though why because i don't know that surprised me so much that you're an exercise science major well when i was a freshman i like thought i was gonna do pre-med so i was like neuroscience for like two seconds and i was like wait that might be a little too hard so then um i did exercise science because i was interested in physical therapy Uh, my grandma used to be in and out of hospitals a lot and my favorite part of going to the hospital with her and translating for her was like during her physical therapy time you know it's like a fun and like bright environment so and i really like the all the physical therapists that i've met in my life so far I feel like they all have the same type of personality where they're very chill, but they know what they're talking about. Um, So that's why I decided to do exercise science. But the reason why I, to this day, still do so many different things is because I don't want to settle with something like I'm not 100% passionate about. And I learned that I wasn't really with physical therapy as much as I thought I was because just because I had friends who were also interested in exercise science and physical therapy, like, made me, um, like, make myself believe that I wanted to do it too. But, like, when I started doing, like, my other internships and, like, the other experiences and stuff, I was like, wow, that, like, I want a lot more from life than just working as a physical therapist. So that's why, like, I kind of strayed away from the path a little. Like, even when I did the, picked up the sport management minor, I didn't pick that up until my senior year. And once I started doing that, I was like, yo, I I love sports. Like, this is cool. Like, I would love to do sports marketing. You know what I mean? So I definitely found all that out by doing these internships and stuff. And I was like, yeah, maybe it's not for me. Like, I thought it was. But, but like, by your senior year, you can't really switch your major completely. So that's why I just stuck with it. I think this is an important thing that a lot of people don't realize because, like, um, the biggest, I think, financial burden a college student can, like, take on by themselves is either not sticking onto the path that they decided or, like, constantly changing, you know? And it's not a bad thing. You, you want to find, like, things to do, but not all of us have that, like, economic capital to kind of, like, explore majors. And, uh-huh. like, I think what's important was, like, you still knew that, like, you know what, I'm in this, like, I got to finish this out, you got to see things through. And I've always seen you like always, even though you're doing multiple things, you always see things through. And like, did you learn that? Or were you just like, you just can't, like, for you, like, you can't live with yourself not finishing something? Is that something like that's in you? Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm that type of person. If I start something like I have to finish it. But I I'm not, like, a half-assed type of person either, so even if I'm involved in, like, 50 different things, I give each one my all, like, as best as I can because I I don't want to half-ass anything, you know? And, um, yeah, so with the exercise science, like, major example, I wish, like, as a freshman and sophomore, I wasn't so quick to decide that I wanted to do exercise science. I wish I took, like, other classes, um, tried out, like, other electives and stuff to see what I really wanted to do. Because I think that being the person that I am now, if I could go back, like, I wouldn't be an exercise science major. Hmm. I think that's, that's interesting. But, like, yeah. Do you think, because, like you said, you can't live with that. Did you learn that from someone? Like, was that, like, instilled to you by, like, a role model or just, like, the environment that you grew up in? Was it because, like, you came from nothing and you kind of, like, had to, like, grind 
like you said, like 43 cents in my pocket, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a bad time period. But um, actually, I feel like my environment tried to raise me to be something I was not. Like, I'm sure a lot of us, like, immigrant kids and foreign kids can relate. Like, oh, you have to be a doctor. You have to be an engineer. You have to be a lawyer. Like, we grow up hearing stuff like that. So that's why, like, I originally wanted to do the pre-med path and then eventually switched to, switched to physical therapy. But I don't know. Like, I think this is something I learned myself career-wise. Like, I refuse to be comfortable, and I'm always searching to grow in different ways. I'm always searching to learn new information and learn new things. So, and I would have never learned this about myself if I didn't, like, hit rock bottom first. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that point of life where it's like, what am I doing? Like, everyone else around me seems to be so happy. They seem to be succeeding and stuff. And, like, I felt like a failure, and, like, I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. I felt like I was letting down, like, my mom and my grandma who were immigrants and like I was the first generation student so I just feel like I had a lot of pressure on my back and it didn't it took until me like hitting rock bottom for me to like finally be this person that like everybody's always telling me I am like oh you're busy all the time like you're always hustling like you're always grinding and stuff and even then like I still don't really see that in myself like I'm like oh I'm not doing enough do you think that ever kind of like can you kind of like emphasize on that point of like like that kind of like inner demons kind of telling you like you're you're not there yet like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. yes it's driving you in a positive way but has it ever been like negative to you has it always has it been like when you go to sleep you know it bothers you and you're kind of like you can't have that comfortable like kind of peace in your heart yeah so Let's, let's get right deep and real into it. I know this segment is about chasing dreams and stuff, but with chasing dreams, like, there comes a lot of low points in life, too. Um, and I definitely have experienced that. Just, like, post-college life has been a lot for me because, like, you know, like you said in college, like, I was busy as fuck. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I'm all <laughs> okay. I was busy as fuck doing, like, 50 million fucking things at once, and now that I'm, like, removed from college I'm just kind of like oh my god like I have nothing to do I don't know what to do I don't know where to start I don't know what to learn like you know what I mean so having that and I'm just like seeing my friends get these big girl and big boy jobs I was just kind of like damn like I feel like I'm not doing enough like I need to do more and so it is a positive drive because since I feel like I'm not doing enough I'm constantly pushing myself to do more but at the same time I definitely feel like it has led to um, depression and anxiety and, like, the feelings of being burned out. I think that's interesting because I don't, I don't know. It's, like, I feel like COVID increased, like you said, like, everything that you're struggling with right now, like, post-grad. And it's interesting because, like, as strong as you are and, like, always, like, driving to, like, not settle for things and that hustle mentality to like always get better and like even your inner demons are motivating you to do better but at the same time covid's like multiplying like everything that's saying like like you know what i mean you're not you don't have value enough to be in the workforce which is kind of strange because like not saying bad about anything else but some people have gotten lucky you know some people have like it's like either the luck of the draw right it's either like they're just in the right place at the right time. And mm-hmm. these things are, like, toppling on top of you. Like, is there... Have you found... 
like I know you're still going through it, right? And you, we, this mm-hmm. is still a battle. So like, I don't know. How do you deal with that? Is there a healthy way to deal with that? I don't know the answer to healthy ways to deal with things, but what I'm learning is just to, like to be less harsh on myself and like to take pressure off me. Like I'm, I'm doing the best I can. You know, like I think about it from a perspective where it's like, if I were to talk to myself like how I would talk. Or if I were to talk to my friends like how I would talk to myself, I would have no friends. You know what I mean? So, like, I need to learn how to be as nice as I am to my friends, like, to myself. Like, I need to be as encouraging as I am to my friends, to myself. So I'm learning to let go of that pressure that I feel from, like, not having a job post-COVID, not feeling like I'm doing enough, and just learning to be um, comfortable with the pace that I'm at and the path that I'm on. So it's like, it's like what you said yesterday, like, I genuinely feel like I have nothing to lose if I fail, so I'm willing to do whatever, like, you know what I mean? I'm willing to learn new shit, like, I'm willing to grind as hard as I need to, to accomplish whatever I need to accomplish. This is, I feel like, I don't know, for me at least, that was the hardest part, kind of like you said, like, forgiving yourself and being mm-hmm. like, it's okay, I might be wrong, you know, I might be too harsh on myself, you know? Yeah. Like, good things will come, but, like... I don't I always see you as like an evolving person and you evolve quickly right because like you just that like hustle mentality that like independent woman drive you know what I mean like I really see you as like a a trailblazer like even in the exercise science major you know like literally you look at your resume and you look at your major and you're like okay yeah she has that one physical therapy internship but then like she has these business internships right it's like it's it's you made the best out of like your major you made the best out of your resources right but um mm-hmm. i don't know why i went on that rant all right <laughs> i'm gonna cut that out but like the thing is like was it ever hard for you to kind of like tell yourself like yo Sobi, like you might be like self-bullying yourself a little yeah i think like covid actually made me learn a lot about myself you know like being busy all the time, I didn't have time to think about anything else except the tasks that I had to complete and the things I had to do. So with COVID, like suddenly like all that was taken away. Classes became online, internships got canceled, um, my nail business got canceled. So I had nothing but time, and I like literally did not know what to do because I was so used to being so booked up every single day that when COVID happened and I had time to think and like learn. I really spent a lot of time with myself and I was just like, yo, like I've been mad mean to myself. Like I need to chill out. I need to like learn how to take it slowly and take it day by day. Like I don't have to like be this high functioning person all the time. You know what? Like I'm allowed to have rest days. Like I'm allowed to like not want to do anything. I'm allowed to not check everything off my checklist every day, you know? So I feel like COVID helped me in that aspect. And I feel very blessed that because, you know, COVID impacted so many people so negatively from losing jobs to losing family members, losing loved ones. So I feel blessed that I was able to use this, um, the quarantine time period to learn about myself and to become a better person, not only physically, but to become a better person mentally and like emotionally as well. And I feel like you already found like yourself and like you're fulfilled already you know and i want to ask like i don't know what 
what brings you fulfillment? You know what I mean? Like when you wake up, like and you're grinding, I feel like you have something that you're like, all right, like I'm Sophie and I'm fulfilled. You know, in my day, no matter how hard it is, at the end of the day, like I'm gonna have peace. Yeah, like, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, sorry. I just keep saying like <laughs> it's a, it's a problem of mine. I gotta edit that out again. So. No, it's fine. Um, so as corny as this sounds, I know it's not really corny, but I feel like a lot of people say it. My family brings me so much fulfillment, and I definitely didn't have that growing up. But when I went away to college for four years and stuff, I feel like it helped my relationship with my mom and my grandpa and grandma and my sisters a lot, and even my dad. Um, so, like, I feel fulfilled in life because they love and support the hell out of me. You know what I mean? Like, they're always, like, my biggest cheerleaders, and they're always just there with love, like, my grandma is such a supportive person. Like I, when I go to work, she's packing my lunch. She's making me breakfast. She's make, as soon as I come home from work, she's making me dinner. Like, just having that in my life, like, makes me feel so secure and like so ready to take on the world. I would not be able to do this without my family. And everything that I want to accomplish is for them. I want to be the ones to lead the way for my sisters and be like a really good role model. I want to be able to take care of my parents and my grandparents financially. Like. I want to give them the financial freedom that they came to America for, you know? Is that your long-term dream? Is that Yeah, like, I don't, I want to take care of my family. Like, I want to make sure they eat. I want to make sure they're good, like, for life. Do you think about that often? Like, is that your happy place, kind of, like, when you go to sleep? Yeah, my happy place is definitely just, like, being secure now and knowing how, like, my family feels about me. Because... Like I said before, like, I was really harsh on myself, but I, I pushed my, even my own family away, like, when I was going through things, because I was like, they don't care, like, you know, but they do, and I'm really so happy that I realized that. And it, it just shows that, like, you don't have to be super rich to be happy. Like, you can be no. poor and happy. You can, you can be anybody and be happy. Yeah, and, and I think it really comes from, like, you know, just, like, having love and compassion in your life. And sometimes, like, people don't really have that support system. So I feel very blessed that, like, I have my family and they, they love me the way that they do. How do you manage that, being, like, the older sibling, you know, being, like, the, the first one to, like, really strive into college? Like, how do you deal with that? Like, I think emotionally, too, like, isn't it heavy? Like, kind of, like, because sometimes you kind of have to shut it off to be, like, the better older sister. But then again, you kind of lose yourself. Like, does that ever happen? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like being the oldest oldest sibling is definitely um, a burden to carry sometimes. And I don't even want to say that in, like, a bad way. It's just, like, the truth of it, you know? Like, um, especially being, like, a first-generation college student, my mom and my grandma were so excited I was going to college. Like, they really wanted to push me into it. But, like, if I could go back, like, I would have definitely went to community college first and, you know, um, learn about things like financially, how to be financially smart and whatnot. But um, just like with being the oldest sibling, I always felt a lot of pressure to be like that perfect child. So with like my grades, with my activities and just like with the things that I was doing socially, like I didn't want to do anything that would encourage like bad behavior out of my sister, like quote unquote. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely like a lot of pressure growing up and 
still kind of pressure now but not to the same extent i i kind of wonder because like on top of that like sometimes you have to like you said like suppress it and just like be kind of that perfect role model but also like you yourself you're such a passionate person and i'm gonna go out on a limb like even though like people see you as driven and kind of unfazed by challenges like i feel like you're really sensitive too like you know what i mean and like to yourself and also like maybe to others that you care about and like does that ever become like kind of a burden emotionally because i know you're a really passionate person right which means like you have to have a lot of emotions like when does that ever feel like heavy-hearted you know and how do you deal with that heavy heart Honestly, I've been trying to learn more mindful activities, such as, like, meditation, yoga, journaling. I think journaling helped me a lot. And I'm a strong advocate for, like, talking to somebody, like, seeking out counseling or seeking out therapy. Because, like, some stuff, like, you really can't handle on your own. And I went through, like, 21 years of life repressing my feelings and my emotions. And all that definitely, like, hit me in the face. Um covid because i was like why am i repressing my feelings like it's okay to be sensitive it's okay to be emotionally vulnerable like that's how you grow as a person you know you can't like shut off your feelings all the time pretend everything's fine and when it's like actually not i think that definitely um inhibits you from like becoming the best version of yourself too because if you're not willing to deal with like the ugly parts of yourself like how can you ever be successful you know Mm. you have to take the good with the bad Was there ever a point where that scared you, kind of? Like, where you're like, oh, like, like when things are going good, right? Maybe, like, before COVID happened, did, did it ever scare you to be like, oh, I think, like, something bad's going to happen? Like, there's definitely going to be a tough challenge that I'm going to go through. Or were you so focused on your task, like, you had no time to worry about that? I feel like I was focused on my task, so I didn't put energy into worrying about it. But... Like, it's just still, like, a difficult concept to maneuver when just, like, always thinking that, like, something bad is going to happen is definitely going to stop you from being, like, productive. Because it's so easy to, like, succumb to those fears, you know, and, like, just give up and not do anything about it. So I definitely, like, try to keep myself above that. But, like, hey, like, you know what? Like, if something bad happens, that's fine. Like, we'll deal with it when that happens. But as of right now, you got you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And... Because, like, now that you're in this point where it's, like, like you said, like, like you had to grow. You're forced to grow in this environment, you know, and you're going through this. Are you, like, you're doing so much. You're learning, like, new things, right? You're taking courses to, like, further develop your chances of, like, uh, getting into do, uh, different professional fields, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the conversation that we had. And are you no longer scared now of, of, of like this environment this job environment or are you still scared but you're like i'm fearless i feel like like i think especially from may to july i was like so scared i was gonna find a job like i was like applying every day and like didn't really hear back from anybody i had so many rejections like you know what i mean and but now like i have definitely changed like did a whole 180 with my mindset like i'm not scared of chasing anything like the 
worst that can happen is somebody's gonna say no. Like, I will message people on LinkedIn, like, as soon as I see a job, I'm like, hey, like, my name's Savita, I off- I bring this to the table, like, I wanna be a valuable asset to your company, like, send me a message back, like, let's, let's link, let's talk, like, so I think, like, me shutting that fear has allowed me to, like, not care about rejection and not care about um, failing, like, you're gonna fail sometimes, you know, but, like, you're going to get that yes if you keep trying. You're not going to get that yes if you give up because you got rejected or you failed that first time. Did you learn that because you went through something so hard where, like, you got rejected a lot? And Oh, like... yeah, definitely. Like, I made, like, a whole Excel sheet of, like, all the jobs that I applied to and, like, if I heard back from them or not and how many rejections I got. Bro, I'm telling you, like, I literally got, like, over 55 rejections over the course of, like, two the two to three months I was applying and that just made me realize like maybe I'm not qualified enough for this person like what can I do to make me better so I started like um like the online courses and stuff and like just like learning free things like the internet is free YouTube is free like why am I not taking advantage of that you know sorry I'm still stuck on the excel sheet like yeah like, like I just wanted to keep track of like which company I've applied to already Oh, no, that's smart, but, like, I could never handle it, personally, because, like, like, people used to make fun of me, like, oh, Joe's, like, sad boy vibes, because, like, I'm emotional, right, you know what I mean? And, like, before Drake, and that really became, like, a trend, like, if I saw that, and just keeping it in track, like, how does it, how do you not cry? Like, how does it Oh, my it God, not... I definitely cried, like, my first, like, couple of rejections, I was, like, what? Like, they don't think I'm good? Like, why am I not good enough? Like, what am I doing wrong? But, like, after the next, like, 15 to 20 rejections, I was just, like, applying to jobs is really a number game. Like, you just got to keep going. You'll get that yes eventually. I think it's interesting. It's kind of like sales. You know what I mean? Like you. Need, yeah, definitely. You need 80 calls to get one response one back. One call, yeah. yeah. It's hard. Were there ever, like, how do you not... Even as you pass, like, the first stages and go through interviews and whatnot and you still get that rejection, like... How do you not get hopeful? Cause like I'm like a like a unrealistic, upper, uh, optimist, what the optimistic, optimistic person, <laughs> right? But like I can be like, uh, unrealistically optimistic sometimes, right? And like I'll be like, oh, something's good happening, right? And then it's kind of like, uh, you know, how do you deal with that and like reset your mind and be like, I gotta go at it again. I go into things not expecting anything like of course I'm going to prepare for the interview and do my best but I'm not going to put like all my eggs in one basket in that interview you know what I mean like um when I was heavily into the job search I did get a couple interviews I got a couple uh, video calls phone calls in-person interviews but as soon as I was done the interview like I was like even if I was satisfied with it I was like all right it's time to get back on the grind time to apply to some more jobs because I didn't want to just like stop and expect myself to just get into it you know and that's okay like i'm not gonna get every job i'm not gonna get every internship but i'm gonna keep trying do you think that's because you've i think maturely developed with your relationships and you've just been used to having relationships with people because like i wonder because i feel like that's the same way you develop relationships with people initially right like you show your true self to them for the people you care right and you like open up your heart like sometimes like they're gonna be like oh no and like you kind of have to move on right which is why like 
real friends and even like romantic relationships can be hard do you think it's because that and your family relationships and the difficulties of overcoming trials with your family has helped you with the job market do you think yeah i would definitely say um that aspect helped me just not be as emotionally attached to it as you know like definitely like i said like the first couple of rejections really hurt me because i was like oh my god like i'm not good enough but as i like went on with the job search i just realized that like there's gonna be a company out there that's gonna like me for exactly who i am and what i can bring to the table so i don't have to worry about the companies that don't you know so for our listeners that are exercise science majors right that kind of want to do it all like you you know and they're gonna eventually you know like enter this market in these conditions you know and god forbid you know let's say like things get better hopefully you know Mm -hmm. knock on wood but if it doesn't (laughs) what do you think your words of advice would be to them oh that's a that's a heavy one i feel for my exercise science people like I mean, we got, like, a bachelor's in knowing how to do jumping jacks. So it's, like, <laughs> where is the job field for us? Like, our options are either go get a master's or go get um, our doctorates in physical therapy. Just kind of sucks because exercise science is a really cool subject. Um, I've learned so much from my professors and from my classes. But the advice that I would give is definitely, like, unless you 100% know that you want to do either physical therapy or occupational therapy do other things that you love too like you know what I mean like always be learning new things outside of your major always be willing to try new experiences and new internships and take new classes it's good to be focused on your goal of becoming either a physical therapist athletic trainer or occupational therapist whatever you want to do with the exercise science major but don't be afraid to try new things. Uh, there's there's more to life. Thank you so much, Sylvie, for mm-hmm. being the lovely guest that you are. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, let's go.